Welcome to Solokapur's podcast. We could not help ourselves but talk about Indian journalism, right? Because the the new highs that Indian journalism is going through right now is uh, worthy enough of discussion for hours and hours. And I have a journalist on my podcast, first time uh, on my podcast, uh, Mr. Shweb Danial. He writes for Scroll Wire. What else do you write, sir? I actually only write for scroll. You'll get me in trouble. Why? Why are you writing for these anti-national traitors? Why? <laughs> like, come on! I mean, write for people who are actually doing something good for the country, right? Like Op India or Swaraj Mag or something like that. Why this? I think uh, I am a true nationalist, and uh, what I write and what I think and what I say, uh, I really think it does benefit India. So I I can't speak for anyone else. But uh, I think uh, me and my publication, uh, we truly have our societies and countries' interests at heart. So, uh, you know, good question. Like, is it fair to ask you to speak on behalf of many journalists uh, when I ask you this question? Have you developed a thick skin? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know whether I can speak on behalf of all journalists, hmm. but because, many. Like, hmm. Like every industry, we're a very, very diverse uh, industry. Our country is very diverse, you know. Mm. A journalist in, uh, say, a Madurai has a very different experience from one in Mumbai. Mm. Not to speak of different journalists within Mumbai having very different experiences. But yeah, speaking for myself, yeah, you need to, I think, uh, develop a thick skin. Uh, and, it's, and it's not only with journalism. Basically, journalism is a public-facing profession. Uh, right, your work is evaluated. Uh, it's read by, it's discussed, debated by the public. It's not a. Uh, uh, it's it's just the nature of the profession, you know. Like for example, uh, if say you're a coder, uh, your work will rarely be discussed in public. You might still have face a very high pressure job, mm. but it will be within uh, your own team or your own company. Uh, you know, or at max your own industry. That, that you know, that that's how far you go. But journalism, by its very nature, uh, that, that's because that's what we do. So it's public facing. So I think we are. Uh, we do. Uh, it's uh, you know some amount of public criticism and uh, uh, debate and discussion. You know, even uh, even even you know harsh criticism is 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 part of. Uh, your job role. So I think you should have a bit of a uh, thick skin. You shouldn't uh, turn into, uh, you shouldn't be impervious to hurt because if someone says some uh, you know, mean things to you, obviously uh, everybody's human. But yeah, your threshold should be a bit high because if you're, if you're just constantly getting hurt all the time, you won't be able to file anymore. And did that skin go grow an inch thicker after 2014 and a couple of inches thicker ever since you started writing, writing for scroll? So, so yeah, you know, so like uh, what I said the last time, you know, about journalism being a public facing profession, that's true. Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, everything can be uh, misused to some extent. So uh, what we're seeing, and it's not only in India, it's there in, it's there in many other places. It's there in Turkey, it's there in the United States now. Yeah. It's there in pretty much every country. There is a lot of organized uh, trolling and abuse that happens. Mm. Uh, because uh, just to take one example, for example, Twitter in India. In India, it's actually very easy to, uh, 
troll someone in an organized way right i'm not saying that uh, i mean there uh -huh. is obviously you know you have your your organic trends that come up and you know you 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 can have you know i mean you can have many like news events and this and that that you organic trends that come up but as we've seen you know as people have pointed out you know uh, you know this, for example the stellar work that alt news has done mm. political parties very often troll in a very organized and targeted manner so that we have seen a spike uh, since that i would say for the past uh, five or six years and uh, this is an un like i would say it's a slightly unfortunate trend because it really uh, it hits Uh, at the freedom of the press you mm. know, because uh, this is the the trolling that we are getting here because a reader is well within his or her right to criticize uh, a journalist's work uh, you know it's 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 what keeps us on our toes uh, uh, you know because this is something that every time i'm filing and maybe every time anybody is filing uh, because it's a public facing profession we have that check you know so we're not supposed to go wrong and if we go wrong we're supposed to have a public uh, mea culpa we're mm. supposed to you know you know sort of own up in public but this if it's weaponized and is used in an organized way by organized interest groups who don't actually whose interests are not to basically fact check you so much as to hobble you and stymie your journalism that is where it gets uh, difficult and we've seen this uh, you know again it's, it's part of india and we should talk about india but it's also all throughout the world where there will there's mm. a lot of targeted uh, you know i mean trolling the problem with the word trolling is uh, you know trolling is it it has such a vast the word has such mm. a vast uh, uh, repertoire because some trolling that could be just harmless trolling right like right uh, i mean i could get trolled for i don't know uh, you know a liking jalebi or something you know it mm. could be something it could be a joke Mm. but on the other hand say if you're getting trolled very viciously on say on something on your gender on racial characteristics on on your on your ideology on your opinions uh that's that's dangerous you know so i would i almost call that harassment uh, rather than trolling is that why politicians run behind media houses like never before to get a hold of them is it worth all the effort that politicians put to control the media is it worth it well let me let me let me answer this the other way hmm. that uh, see the media is an extremely important part of our world right hmm. so uh, i mean just sort of uh, you know just there's this there's a political scientist called benedict anderson mm -hmm. and uh, he had basically sort of create just to give an example of how important media can be so i mean i'm just sort of putting in his theory where he basically has this theory where he says that all nationalisms are imagined and the way they are imagined is through print media he says mm. that nationalisms came up at the same time that newspapers came up mm. so this allowed people through and you know india is an exception but most nationalisms in the world are linguistic nationalisms they're really one language nationalisms you know you could be a frenchman you could be you know german. A, a, a german you could be sinhala you could so on and so forth so usually they are one language nationalisms so he he sort of argued that using print media people sort of imagine themselves to be part of this imaginary community 
So usually a community is someone that you and I see, right? Like for example, my community uh, at home in Calcutta is my neighborhood. I meet those people every day. Yeah. You know, I could love them. I could fight with them. I could be friends with them, whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. human relationships I have with them. But if you think about a, a country, a country is a sort of an imagined community, right? Mm. So for example, if say, if say there is a bus crash in, 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 uh, in say, in, in, in say Manali, right? Mm. I've never been to Manali, right? But I'm supposed to care for that bus crash in Manali. It'll come in the newspaper the next day. Yeah. And so on. So that's how newspapers, for example, that's, that's Benedict Anderson's thesis and I sort of, I find it quite smart. Mm. Is like that's how they create this concept of us belonging to India. So if you look at the Indian newspaper, for example, if I'm in Calcutta, they will not print news from Bangladesh. Oh, or yeah. They will only print very little news from Bangladesh. Yeah. But there will be a lot of news printed from Uttaranchal, so on and so forth. And every country does this. I'm just giving an example. I'm, like Bangladesh will print news from Bangladesh. It won't print news from West Bengal. So that's how they create. So that's, that's Benedict Anderson's view of how nations are created in the mind mm-hmm. uh, by using print media. So clearly media in the modern world is foundationally important. It's, it's how we, it's how we inter, interact with our reality, how we build our, our, our window, our window through the world. Right? That's how, that's how we are. That's we, we sort of model ourselves. Uh, and this is like, this is a big example, but you know, I could even take uh, say smaller examples like culture and media and so on. For example, if you look at Bollywood from today mm. versus 20 years back, right? 20 years back, Bollywood was, uh, you know, uh, it, was, it was a different industry. You had yeah. these film songs and it had its own idiom. And then maybe one of the reasons why it changed was, you know, people just suddenly got exposed to so much Western media, right? And uh, for better or for worse, they thought we should make movies which are more like Hollywood. Mm. And so we sort of moved towards that, you know, rap, for example, has become so popular nowadays. And yeah. I think one of the reasons is because it's so easy now to listen to rap, right? Mm. Uh, if I had to listen to Western music in say 1950, I mean, there's this example I, I remember where uh, I'm not going to name the music director, but a music director uh, around 30 or 40 years back used to fly to the West to listen to Western music and then copy it. <laughs> now you, wow. know, you don't have to do that anymore, right? Right. You just, it's very easy to get Western music. It's very yeah. easy for Westerners to get Eastern music. So our whole mindset is changed by the media in many ways, right? Yeah. So it's very, very important. So clearly, if you, if anybody is in power, and if anybody wants to wield power, he or she should have a good, you know, who should have good control of the media. Like this is almost a stereotype that when there's a coup, the first thing the new dictator does is get control of the radio station. Right, hmm. like that's that's what seals the coup. Right, that shows that he has control. If he doesn't get control of the radio station, uh, you know, and I guess it's the same today. Except I guess today you've co- you you've to seize control of Twitter or something. Mm. I don't. Know. Right, basically, you are only a dictator if you can project that you are a dictator yeah. to the rest of the country. Otherwise, what's the point? You just capture a building, right? Uh, so media is very important. So in a way, every every country would want to. Every powerful person would want to uh, capture the media and it's up to the country as well as the media people in it to uh, try and stymie that because at the end of the day, the job of 
the media is not to get captured by powerful interests, or at least the job of journalism, you know, which is a subset of the media. Because otherwise, what's the point? You know, otherwise, we're just in advertising. But is it too much to expect that in today's world? I mean, internationally, if you see, ultimately, most news channels uh, belong to a corporation. And a corporation has only one motive, right? So it's like for the profit, with the profit, by the profit. And how can you expect in, in and even in a socialist society, right? Ultimately, mm. it is under state's control. So mm. how can you possibly hope any unbiased, is, is it too much to hope? It is, is, is it hoping against hope? We, we, if we can expect some sort of unbiased media uh, in today's world, because ultimately it's the corporation. So see, I think when we talk about the media, we shouldn't, uh, so what, when we say media is unbiased, what does it mean? It does not mean that everybody suddenly becomes unbiased. I have my own biases. I'm sure you do. It's part of, you know, I have to be a computer if I don't have my own political leanings, Mm -hmm. my own biases and so on. It's part of, you know, it's a, it's a very core part of me being a sane human being, right? Yeah. So everybody, I think, has biases. If human beings have biases, their organizations will have biases. Some of those biases, like you correctly pointed out, will lean towards financial biases. Some of those biases might be ideological biases. So those biases exist. But the thing is, if you, ex- in theory, like, you know, obviously there's a, there's a bit of a slip between the cup and the lip between always between theory and practice. But in theory, you should, your system should be vibrant enough for consumers to be able to access varied forms of media, right? Mm. So for example, just to give you a financial, just to have a theoretical financial example. Uh, let's say, you know, there's an A and a B. Now, if A is very biased towards, say, party X, because of financial reasons, not because of any egalitarian reasons, any ideological reasons, and B is biased towards party Y, Again, for financial reasons, you know, and the, the, these are models that sometimes you all you see in some Indian states, especially in the South, uh, you know, of media yeah. houses being, uh, you know, with opposite parties, oppositional parties. If in theory, if uh, they both have equal amounts of approximately equal amounts of power, I would call that a free media market because it gives hmm. the consumer a choice to get news from whichever source he wants. Hopefully A will take out dirt for Y and B will take out dirt for X, right? And that should work. So even with things like ideological biases, even with financial uh, you know, conflicts of interest, if your media market is vibrant enough, if it's, if it's, if it's healthy enough, it should still do its job. As we've seen, you know, other markets do, the issue is sometimes say if one side becomes extremely powerful, right? And it drowns out the other side. That's when you have a real problem on your hands. And that's not easy to self-correct because, uh, you know, there are like, there's the, in a, in a free market, the one thing who, the regulator is usually the man in charge, which is the man in power. And if he himself does not want things to be fair, so then you're stuck in a loop, right? Nobody's going to break you out of that loop. So that is a problem in uh, in many places uh, throughout, like 
uh, I mean, it's it's all through like to some extent India is seeing that problem where there is a, a lopsided power arrangement right now at the center. So that is one issue. And it's a common issue. For example, if you look at say, um, what's an example? If you look at say, like say Bangladesh. Now Bangladesh is not a Chinese style one party state in theory, mm. but it is practically in practice, right? So uh, again, in theory, you know, you could start a paper and do anything, but you will face severe repercussion from uh, the government if you go past a certain line. Uh, and while I would say things are still not as bad as they are in Bangladesh right now in India, there is some more of that model developing. When theory you could open, uh, you know, you could uh, do many things, but in India, and these are all things, these are all structures that sort of in a way predate the current administration, but the government has so much control over so many aspects of industry, including media, that there are many ways in which uh, indirect, in you know, indirect ways of control could be put in. That that's a problem that we need to uh, fix. So yeah, I wouldn't say that you know, if you have a corporation, if you have a free, if you have a, if you have a, if you have corporate vested interest, I mean, you don't have to be a saint to be a journalist. Right, mm. journalists could be terrible people, and you know, like media owners could be bad people. Like, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, everybody like everyone else, you know. So, so it's not that you know journalists, uh, you know, are just incredible people and they do incredible work, but hopefully we should be in an environment where, uh, you know, if say I'm leaning, you know, I'm leaning towards a there should be other people who lean towards B. And so the, you, we exist in a sort of equilibrium. And it's when that equilibrium gets broken, it's when, it's when that's when you, we should be worried. I mean, in, in, uh, in an example, there should be a place for scroll and there should be a place for Samna too. If Samna is in power, it should not eliminate scroll. If scroll is in power, it should not eliminate Samna, no matter how ideologically opposite you are. In theory, exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's the that should be the model that should be followed, and we should sort of aim for that. You know, uh, sort of dynamic equilibrium of a sort of moving past equilibrium. I think that's what we should. That's what we should try for. But unfortunately, you know that that's a very theoretical thing, and you know very often governments move into try and sort of bend things their way. Be, are we are we beyond the point of no return in hoping that we will have doordarshan like news days i mean is that uh, is that a fair thing to say i mean there were day, the days were when news was just read it was not fed right is, is are we at the point mm -hmm. of no return so i mean why do we think doordarshan was great because people were well spoken uh, okay was the a government news channel yeah the impression yeah so uh, I, I believe the point I'm trying to make here is, are we beyond a point of no return where we can expect news channel to just read news? Uh, I, I wouldn't use the phrase point of no return because that seems like, you know, we sort of, we've, we move, we've fallen into a lava pit. Uh, but I think we're never going to go back to Doordarshan. Uh, now, whether you think that's good or bad, that's up to you because... Mm. Doordarshan was a different time. It was, 
it was a central government run organization uh remember for example you could not uh, run private news if you wanted hmm. so doordarshan uh, you know i mean yeah uh, i i i get your yeah, point it it has been used yeah. by various administrations yeah, it's been used i, I by get it right? my the, my my i was more pointing towards the simpler times in in a sense so the thing is you know like we our whole news uh, you know model has moved hmm. where uh, since like just to give you an example right uh, say 30 years back the news consumer the average sort of english educated which which means quite elite in india hmm. english educated news consumer in india would maybe consume say half an hour or an hour of news every day right hmm. uh that model has changed now now you're you're surrounded man you just to give you my personal example you know i mean it i think it captures a mood i was in college i was, i i went to engineering college in uh, from 2004 to 2008 mm uh, right this was uh, you know this was at a time when there was awkward there was no facebook right uh, there was no uh, twitter of course yep so with my friends i i really i really spoke politics because there was no politics to speak right i didn't know what my the political opinion of my friends was right i Same. mean one way or the other right yeah. so but now i think that's impossible so because the whole the whole world has changed so much that i know uh, what all of my friends think about uh, you know the current union government positive or negative you know if if i'm living in kakara what they think about the state government so on and so forth so it's there's it's an intensely uh, frenetic uh, sort of news environment so in a way uh, you know if if you're if you're a news organization and say you start reading dd style news people won't watch you mm. right so they'll be like you know i this is not what i you know i want something i want something which is more suited to how i am living the rest of my life that look look at my facebook feed look at my twitter feed look at my whatsapp you know so uh, is it because of this saturation of uh, media that has happened which is largely social media driven hmm. our whole media environment has changed you must remember for example uh, when when an, when an, when a, when a tv channel now they have to compete with twitter in some ways right hmm. so for example if i very often need to quickly catch up with the news i had to twitter i i you know which is not something i would have done maybe 5 years back right maybe 5 years back i would have switched on the tv right uh, so uh, the whole you know the whole idiom has changed uh, and we must look for a better world within that idiom because i don't think we can ever have a situation where somebody just reads out five uh, you know a, you know sort of the top news that won't satisfy people anymore it's you know we become such a uh, you know it's called i don't know americans call it doom scrolling mm. uh, you know we we love to uh, consume news now in a mm. way that we did not i think for example like college kids today have a very different environment than how, what i went through like you know right. because it's all around right everybody is everybody knows their political opinion i mean earlier you didn't have a pol- you simply didn't have a political opinion Sometimes. I mean, in our in our classrooms, our arguments were about boys versus girls, that silly sh- yeah, stuff, right? right? 
exactly so exactly so which was we, which was which was not something that i'm endorsing but you know what i'm talking about i mean that was what it is you were like you yeah. were 19 you know we had Silly. used to play used to play computer games you had these you used to argue about who movies. your favorite hero was that was the worst argument was, right? <laughs> so you know in a way that so we have changed you know so hmm. uh in a way that media media environment uh you know there is a there is a guy called uh, michael mccullen mm-hmm. uh, i hope i'm pronouncing his name well uh he has a very interesting thesis uh called the medium is the message mm-hmm. uh, uh and it's a, it's a fascinating thesis uh which says that what we say is often dependent on the medium that you're using right mm. and for example he gives this example of i mean he's he 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 wrote his book around i guess 3 decades back but it's still a very relevant thesis he said with the invention of cable news i mean earlier people would have local news you know they would they would have a local from the 60s to 80s they would have local news station and would be limited by geography right it would take time for news to come like for example my editor always tells us that uh you only came to know that the babri masjid had been demolished in bombay i think a day later mhm and that is unthinkable today right yes. today for example if an event of that magnitude had happened you would come to know within minutes but that time physically news had to travel mm. right somebody had to you know run to the next thing you know something this has happened so the you know so it will it will go the government could control and uh, anyway so getting back to michael mccullen he he has the thing he said that with the invention of cable news now you can transmit news from any place of the planet to any other place in literally the time it takes you to talk in a room yes right so he's saying that this in itself will create news mm. right because you need to fill up now you need to fill up now you have that tech at your disposal yes so that same guy sitting in wherever new york earlier he would only watch news of say new york or the united states but today that guy for example the first uh, the first tv war was the iraq war yes now wars have happened earlier but this time the war was beamed as part of cable tv mm. the 91 iraq war the saddam hussein war uh, so basically because our mediums have changed the way we talk the way we what we say has also changed right so medium is the message kind of thing so doordarshan existed the content of doordarshan existed at a time when the medium was very different you had one hour of news every day you know you said what you had to say you went back to your normal work but now everything is changed now our mediums are so different that they force us to almost say have political opinions mm. right like we are now creating content to fill a new medium say which is facebook right, right? so in a way rather than facebook acting like a medium which it is a medium but because there is a new medium shoaib is also thinking of new things to say which he would never have said mm. right maybe i had like one political thought a week earlier but now if you know i'm seeing everybody debating politics i'm like you know i must say something so i go out and type you know like i find it so weird that uh, i mean maybe i do it too so i'm you know i'm i'm part of that sphere mm-hmm. i find i see people uh, now individuals give out statements condemning things mm. in a way that governments would earlier you know people will come and right. try to condemn this yeah 
it's almost like my personal statement and i doubt you know like say anybody 30 years back was going around you know delivering statement because there was no way to deliver it where would you deliver it yes right so there was only people only people who wrote in newspapers had a space to deliver a signed statement otherwise say you know you have a mr kumar living in kanpur hmm. where would he we would put the statement on his house like where would he put that statement but today we all have ways to publish ourselves yes so now we, there's that pressure is there that you know something has happened i condemn this i condemn this gruesome incident here hmm. i condemn that so in a way we will never go back to doordarshan for good or for bad depending on you because our whole world has changed right we will never go back to you know uh, you know this uh, somebody reading out the news the news bulletin in beautiful english or hindi because it's just is different right now right uh, is is it is it uh, steering the conversation to india is it mm. fair to say that we have reached a point where journalists are either scared or sold no i don't think there's a you know such a a stark difference there's a stark divide mm-hmm. there is a, there is a, a pressure on journalists uh but you must remember like journalism is a huge field mm. all right it's a dynamic uh, sort of field so we always try trying to second guess what the consumer is sort of thinking so there is there is i'm not saying there is no government pressure and uh, there is no say say you know tro- you know trolling pressure and so on but it's still a very dynamic field so mm. i really don't think there is uh there are you know you don't have that sort of binary exists in some in in some ways uh, we are also uh uh we are also we look at the easy data points which is sometimes we look at here a few large channels mm. you know quote unquote national challenge channels in hindi and english right but that uh, remember we are a country of 1.3 billion people mm. large number of people let's assume i don't know the numbers but let's i mean i'm just making a you know i'm just doing hypothetical. a hypothetical hypothetical right. let's assume 50 uh, 650% of them consume tv news media mm. right as a hypothetical so that's something like 650 million people mm. that, that itself is you know i don't know something like double the population in the united states yeah so how i i don't i don't think uh, you know a, a very large number of them are getting covered by these few problematic um, uh, large media outlets mm-hmm. but i think there are many others that uh, would not be uh, you know captured by that same framework for example i am aware of bengali news media bengali news media has its own dynamic which is different from i'm not saying it's like necessarily much better or much worse but it has its own dynamic which is uh, you know sort of specific in many ways to calcutta and west bengal hmm. and you cannot really describe it with uh, the sort of the quote unquote national media hmm. you know the, this is a large you know english and hindi news channels mostly out of noida uh, so it's because we're so large in many ways india's largeness you know is just, just in just in the sheer size yes sometimes is a is an automatic check against uh, against this sort of thing like just to you know go back to earlier thing when you're talking about bangladesh mm. bangladesh is like basically a very large indian state yes you know practically so 
if someone wants to uh, clamp down on the media, it's it's easier to do because you mm. have to maybe clamp down on ten newspapers, four channels, mm. so on, right? But in India, it's very very difficult. So in India, for example, very often, uh, I mean, while there is some channels face pressure from the central government, mm. many of the times local regional channels face pressure from the state government. Mm. Uh, you know, through sort of so there are so many centers of power, and you know, right. like we discussed, centers of power is a good thing. Many centers of power is a good thing because it's a natural. You know, it could lead to Check. a natural equilibrium. Right. Very difficult for one person to control. Mm. You know, so that's that's our advantage. So I don't think there is any uh, uh, incredible danger like that. In fact, there are, you know. Uh, because of this social so social media has many negatives and many positives like yes all new disruptive tech has uh, right so i mean uh, you could go back uh, you know 600 years and people i mean there are accounts of people saying that you know you, you shouldn't let people read books mm. it's very dangerous you know it sort of it it distracts yeah it happens it happened with tele, uh, telephone radio telephone. radio so the telephone generation blame the radio people the radio people blame the yeah. television people now the television yeah. boomer folks are blaming the social media people and we are social blaming media. the tiktok <laughs> tiktok yeah exactly so it mm. happens with everything and there are negatives and there are positives we've discussed some of the negatives mm. but there are also a lot of positives for example uh, to give you an example in say in a state the, like mizoram mm. there are a lot of so i'll just complete this Right. There are a lot of, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of journalism being done on Facebook, mm-hmm. which is interesting. It's a small state. Uh, they don't have maybe the numbers to support mm. many newspapers. And here's an easy publishing tool. So they use it. Mm. So, I mean, Arab yeah. Spring was one of the earliest social media powered um, movements, if we can call it that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like a tool, right? Ultimately, I mean, you can't blame the tool. You have to blame the people who are uh, who are uh, using or misusing the tool. Blame the misusers, obviously. Uh-huh. I mean, you can. I mean, depends. You can blame the tool sometimes. Mm. Like, for example. Uh, uh, for yeah, example, when the tool when the tool has its uh, own mind, like Facebook, like Facebook, Zuckerberg. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here, for example, tool. I mean, while sort of it's not a hammer right like for example mm. exactly like exactly Zuckerberg, facebook is its own thing so we must yes. we must do we must sort of be smart about it mm. but at the end of the day social media is never going to go away mm. yeah. right so we must you know we can't we can't as much as we would some people would like it it was not going to go away you know so it's like uh it's like you know like for example when when i was really small we didn't have a telephone at home uh but once we got that telephone, I mean, and we, we lived just fine with the telephone, right? We, right? we lived our lives. But I think once we got a landline telephone at home, it's impossible to think of life yes. without a landline telephone. Same with mobile, right? yeah. Same with mobile. And then having mobile now. So, having, so, so we get used to these things and, you know, that's how uh, we sort of develop. So it's never going to go back and, um, you know, it might, it might lead to some positives, some negatives. But how, how, how can we trust uh, any uh, platform whose only job, I mean, I'm bringing, bringing you back to the same question of for-profit driven platforms, right? Because their whole agenda is to make 
uh, your eyeballs glued to their paper or their channel or their platform right how can we be self aware in that in such environment that we mostly see today so for me actually the more than the danger of for profit Huh. For example, to give you an example. See, uh, uh, I'm sorry uh, to interrupt. So, uh, for example, yeah. if uh, Facebook uh, algorithm, for example, uh, right, it it will suggest you. It will not only Facebook, any platform. It suggests mm-hmm. what you search for, right? So, if if there is a, for example, if there is a Nazi sim- sympathizer, it is in Facebook's uh, or any platform's best interest to throw him more Nazi sympathizing content, right? That's that's how it makes profit right so how 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 can we come out of this cycle what what precautions we as uh, netizens as we call ourselves today okay. should really uh, you know be aware of you know so this is like i don't know like, i don't know the answer to that these are like very big questions mm. but like for example just to you know just to play devil's advocate and mm. uh let's say uh let's say that there was an arab spring somewhere mm. and uh, you know the dictator controlled the social media network mm. so if if facebook if you're faulting facebook with say throwing some you know throwing some ideology towards a guy who's already inclined towards it mm. what if the dictator said that oh you can't say search for how to organize during a protest mm. right and he sort of blanked it out mm. so i'm saying that uh any any sort of uh, control could be misused one way or the other it depends on because we think if you if into your example machine you plug in a bad example which is nazism you might think that's a bad example but say if you plug in i don't know feminism that would mm. be a good example for you so if someone searching for feminism and facebook throws in more feminism mm. so he'll become a better person right, right. so the same algorithm has uh you know on one hand uh, led to what is in my opinion a bad result and the other hand is led to what is in my opinion a good result right so this is you know so for me really that for example the danger with facebook uh, it really is this monopolistic power yes uh, facebook is uh, because i think everybody uh, will everybody who who starts any social media network will have these algorithms they're not going to make a blank slate right because mm. at the end of the day like you said it's a for profit organization they're doing it for their own interest uh but and that is a problem mm. but for me really the bigger problem is just how much singular power facebook has like for example mm. facebook now has uh for example recently we saw with trump right now of course we might dislike what trump is saying Uh, in those examples but it also sets a very interesting precedent that a media company could censor the us president right what does that say about how powerful that media company is mm. whether we like that president or not is immaterial to this example but the fact that they thought that uh, they can decide what is right and what is wrong on that that's an interesting precedent because maybe there could be a, a situation 10 years down the line Hmm. where we might think the president is say something right and yeah. the media company would censor him you know so it's a the 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 trick to that is that uh the trick to that in my opinion is that uh what social media unfortunately has become what people would call earlier in the internet a wall garden where people hmm. would have different mini internets 
that has e- it sort echo of chamber an echo chamber right that in a way goes against the uh, a, a, the sort of underlying logic of the internet right the underlying logic of the internet with http and email and so on and so forth was that there should be cross platform you know uh, in interoperability so we should you know if i should if i want to email you from yahoo and you are on hotmail we should be able to talk if you have a website doesn't matter where you built it i should be able to access it mm. but facebook is trying its best to dismantle it and that's a dangerous uh, sort of thing because that's their world facebook mm. is an internet in in and of itself it's a privately owned internet yes right so the and the amount of power that they have uh, uh, sort of we've seen this in india also right now right facebook uh, you know you have this great uh, reporting by the washington post mm. where there was actually credible uh, credible uh, sort of collusion yeah collusion uh, with respect to facebook so this is an incredible we're seeing this in india so facebook has now so much power that they can uh, play at least some part in determining which way an indian election would go mm. that's a dangerous thing right like because earlier you could fix there are many ways to steer elections let's mm. say earlier i had a lot of power and i wanted to influence people people's minds i would actually have to do the legwork go to people's houses go to their villages you know even if i had to do terrible things say i had to use force you know i had to be a gunda i would have to send many gundas out into many villages stuff many ballot bo- uh, ballot boxes it's a logistical nightmare to do that on the other hand if i can just directly pay facebook right that's a one it's what's called one window uh, you know it's an easy way to do corruption right mm. easy way to fix an election that's bad you know so people i mean i would say you know it's everybody's maybe if i you know if i become a politician i would want to influence elections because at the end of the day why do people become politicians because they want right. to earn power right right that's their main goal uh, that's that's why you that's what the, that's what a politician should be right you know we tell ourselves many things but ultimately if a politician is driven to capture power it's quite probable that he will not be a successful politician because it's a very very no matter what we might think of politician hmm. politics is a back breaking job it's a highly demanding job you got to be yeah. an incredibly intelligent person right so that guy is putting in so much time and effort for clearly a reason hmm. so we want to make as many barriers for this really intelligent person hmm. uh, so that he does good for us if he becomes prime minister and he represents our country or our state or our whatever or mpc but he doesn't also mess with us right democratically yeah uh last question before i let you go um how to word our condemnation against arnab's arrest okay so here's the thing here's the thing uh we are not condemning because he's some legendary journalist all right see ultimately it's state wielding its power over a voice right a uh, voice regardless of which way the voice lean right but do, is is there a way to like uh, I'm, i see i'm not a big fan of his whatever he does and whatever he stands for but ultimately what has happened with arnab has happened with thousands of journalists around the country who don't get the same limelight so i don't you think it is like kind of 
fair somewhere in the corner of your mind to you know be concerned about that arrest because ultimately what it is is a journalist being used as a pawn yeah you know so the arnab thing is something that you know i think probably many indian journalists would have thought deeply about and uh, so there are like i guess uh, i would say uh, like a couple of points that i would like to make is mm. so the entire arnab thing you know obviously you know it will be investigated yeah it criminally it, yeah yeah i mean come on so, i mean if 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 it was a different government that suicide note would have never come out like let's be honest right so so if you see the thing there for example so there is uh, there are there is alleged political collusion at two points in that case one is when that case is closed in 2019 mm. and the other is when that case is opened in 2020 mm. right one in which it could have helped him the other could have harmed him uh, may i so may that, i interrupt yeah. very uh, yeah. i mean this is in no way uh, i'm this is in no way uh, uh, supporting arnab in any way because he is actually mm-hmm. been convicted right in in a in a letter right so my point is not towards what he did was he right was he wrong my point is towards state playing pawn with a journalist that that's that's i i know i hope you get what i mean right yeah yeah so i mean like i said so in this case uh the state interacts with his case both in 2019 and 2020 mm. at in different ways you know so mm. that's so we see this sort of very unfortunate uh sort of intersection between which should never happen mm. between a journalist and the state right so that's one the second thing that oh, we need to see arnab as a, a part of a very long pattern of the indian state uh either trying to co-opt or target journalists mm. right so this is like it's uh, this is a very very unfortunate thing in india that while you know we have done some things good in making our media environment but on the other hand uh, very often uh, we do specially you know like for example you know i'm in a way the wrong guy to talk about it because see i write in english mm. i live in a metro town so on and so forth so you know i mean there i'm you know people like me might face some issues but say if i was working in say a conflict zone mm. uh, if i was say working in Syria uh, you know in oh, i mean there are conflict zones within india oh yeah so yeah yeah we're working within india right mm. if if i am if i'm a small guy writing for a small newspaper if i'm writing in hindi mm. uh, and so on and so forth so, so i sometimes that we don't get that limelight mm. so it's very easy for local politicians for state politicians to snuff those voices out and this has been happening for a very long time and one of the things that uh, one of the things that we all should push for is uh, you know the, you know the the extremely correct and uh, salutary things that uh, uh, you know the supreme court said about honorable uh, we should really endeavor to make sure that uh, this sort these sort of freedoms are handed over to every journalist yes right uh, right now as we speak for example there's a journalist called gautam nawlakha in jail Mm. on you know some extremely uh, unusual looking charges so we must make sure that the this sort of thing reaches to mr nawlaka we must make sure that this sort of uh, this sort this sort of thinking reaches to uh, bastar reaches kashmir 
you know because it's uh, if we use a principle and limit it to the most powerful person right if we use a good principle and limit it to the most powerful person if we say that you know uh, i mean uh, feminism should be limited to industrialists or you know minority rights should be limited to you know some extremely rich uh, muslim or christian person that is it's good that we have that right and it's good that he's benefiting or he or she is benefiting from it but if you stop there it's a betrayal of the principle right because clearly anybody who is a feminist should make sure that you know everybody every woman in india at least in some way or the other should be able to benefit from this ideology from this way of thinking right if there are minority rights you know every minority in india you know whether he be an extremely you know elite person in delhi or whether he be you know some guy you know some villager in jharkhand so we must make sure that this principle goes on otherwise we could be accused of uh, you know just comforting you know the already comfortable and that's yeah. what we need to avoid in the case of ondo right right so thank you very much for your time it has been a fascinating chat thank you very much for your insights more power to you stay safe and i repeat that with as much stress as i can for for, for the reasons that you know uh, good luck to you sir good luck to journalism uh, please uh, let us know where we can find you on social media if you want us to find on social media uh, i'm i'm on twitter with my uh, handle is shoaib tanyar perfect perfect that's it from the solocopus podcast ladies and gents till we see you next time bye everyone